When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Understand who killed the dog was. Uh, well, I just think... <laughs> Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bruniverse. So, doing a little something different for this podcast. Um, Mike, part of the podcast, had a little emergency, and you know what? It's weird how things work out because literally yesterday on my Patreon page, I had an incredible one hour conversation with one of the Patreon members who part of me thinks this guy should be a film. It was, he's funny, he's entertaining, and he's a freaking, like, he's a pastor. So I'm telling you, I highly suggest checking this out. It's entertaining, it's funny, a little thought-provoking. We're on the same field with a lot of things on my Patreon page. Once you sign up, you know, and you get different podcasts and all that, you, the Patreon member, I allow you to be interviewer with me. So I've been doing that for a couple months. And this one in particular, I really, really enjoyed talking with. Um, his name's Jay. He's a great conversation you're going to see. And then the very, very end, I will also show you uh, what happened to me in Long Island, which was a great show and all that. We'll call it the Hurt Situation. So with that said, I hope you enjoy today's Bruniverse. Uh, we'll be back regular next week, although this is, I, I, I really enjoy what you're about to listen to. So great journey wherever you're going. Get your head out of the circus, okay? It's a circus, <laughs> and, and it's getting louder and louder. I wish you all safe journeys. Check out the podcast with Jay. All right. Um, what's happening? Man, what is going on, Reverend Jim? How are you? That's right. I am uh, Reverend Jim. In the past, I've been called Reverend Big Calf when I had my old radio show called Brew Unleashed. Is that uh, right? Yeah. Those, so it all started, the whole Reverend thing started when we were doing it, me, Jimmy Shaka, <clears throat> and two other friends of mine. It was a whole thing going on where, uh, I don't know, uh, someone, someone was in trouble on radio and the guy apologized and apologized over and over. And then Reverend Al Sharpton said, apology is not good enough. And I said, what kind of, what kind of guy that represents God says apologies, a sincere apology, who did you don't represent God? Who is, how do you become a reverend? And then, and I realized how Reverend Jackson, Reverend, Go right online, you become a reverend. So before the end of the show, I became a reverend. And I said, all right, well, what should I call myself? Reverend what? 
<clears throat> everyone used to make fun of my calves because they're so big from playing hockey when I was younger. So I became Reverend Big Calf. And then I started marrying people, but only people I know. So, yes, Reverend is in the house. Well, there you go. I, 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 um, I, I've never been, uh, I, I haven't been comfortable with those terms, uh, Reverend, all those um, institutional terms. I've been yeah. a pastor for 35 years, and, and you, it, as you interact with the institution, you, you acquire titles and recognition from within the institution. But uh, what I see in you, Reverend Jim, is a heart of a shepherd. You've been a shepherd most of your life. I've heard that. Yeah, you are a shepherding kind of person. You, you shepherd people. You shepherd your family. You shepherded uh, uh, the, uh, 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 many of the crew at Metallica. You, you, have a, you are a shepherd of a coffee shop. Your screenplay is your, that's your church. And you're the yes. shepherd of that, of that coffee shop. Yes, it's funny you say that. I mean, I can rewrite that, but yes, that is what, to be honest with you, what I, what I, that's my most driving force in my life, to be quite honest with you, is to uh, shepherd, nurse, and watch people, watch people just flourish, watch them, watch them fly, watch them with no expectations. One of the coolest things. <clears throat> it's not easy you know i feel like it's easy for me because i i've crossed that path a long time ago on um you know years ago rent out homes uh, on the outer banks whoa sorry hold on a second i just fell my contraption just fell apart and um that was fun. <laughs> I thought that was me for a minute. <laughs> no, 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 that's all me. Here we go. Sorry about that. Um, and it was like I rented, I knew no one could really afford it. So I rented the two homes and I really did it with the intention of everyone being together and new relationships starting. I didn't care if no one said thank you. I didn't care if if no one really uh, was like, hey, why don't you come to our house? And hey, we really appreciate it. I didn't need a big uh, everyone get together. I'm like, hey, let's really do something for Jim, considering he did this for us. Um, and that's the, that's the big difference between giving, not caring, knowing why you're doing it. And it did. It kept it kept a lot of family members close and it kept these two bonded like they've never did before. And they became like soul oh, yeah. cousins and blah, blah, blah. Um, so I, I love the I love the script. I, I connected to it. I, I saw what I do. Uh, not so much as a, 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 a institutional representative of a religious organization, but what I do in my heart is exactly what goes on that coffee shop with yeah. various groups in the church and the community. There's an overlap. Um, and uh, you said something very profound. And, and um, uh, you say a number of things that are profound. But one that really stood out to me was um, 
you mentioned this whole notion of this theological idea of where the rapture is going to come and just take people out of the out of the world, save the church. You know, people, the church in America is kind of just, you know, they, they have an experience with God, then they're just they're ready to go to heaven. And, and you said that you didn't really believe that, 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 that you thought that actually hurt the church. You're absolutely right. The, the whole idea of the church has been the coffee shop. That was the original place for That's the right. church. And, and I'm, right. in a, I'm a Methodist. And so our Methodist movement took place because the Anglican church in England didn't want us. They didn't want the poor. They didn't want the coal miners. So John Wesley went out and he organized small groups across England and across Europe and then on into the Americas. And so my, my religious DNA is not an institution. It's small groups and being able to do those kind of small groups. That's where, you know, people get to know me for who I really am. Not, not the, not, not the persona in a robe behind a pulpit that's separated from the people, but I have sure. to live with them. You know, this like you are vulnerable to the people in the coffee shop. They're, they're going to know when you're lying to them. The other day you had a guy named Romney on who uh, sold you an automobile. Uh, yeah. I love that guy. Loved him. And so I wanted to show you allegedly, I want to give you an idea about how we can adopt or auction off some redneck villages for those who are struggling to find their way out of New Jersey. I want to give you just a little bit of a, <laughs> Yeah, I think your your father may have appreciated some of this right here. Can you see that? Is that white green? Uh, uh, well, it's not water. Okay, it's it's not water. <laughs> it's not only water. <laughs> this is now, this is apple pie. Yeah. So there are some villages down here that know how to do that better than others. So we want to auction off. I think you need to auction off some redneck villages across West Virginia to some to some those some people who want to flee New Jersey. We and some of us, you know, we could we can add we could add to the conversation. We do this a little bit better than other people. You know, we got we got multiple flavors. <laughs> you know, some tells me have like a, we should have like a little Patreon gathering. I'd love to. I don't know what it is yet, but I'd love to come in your neck of the woods oh, and figure there was there was Peyton uh, up in Georgia. You, I remember first talking to you. This is our second time talking, correct? That's right. I'm not crazy. We we talked way, way, way in the beginning. Right. And, um, believe it or not, Larry the Cable Guy. Right. Talking with you, and I'm like Larry. You should do this guy's life. This is this is Larry. I'm telling you, you got to play a preacher, and you got to sit down and talk with this guy that I just talked to. He's like, "Wow, Jim, all right. Well, uh, let's talk. Let's talk about." It. And we we went back and forth a couple times. So I was super excited when I saw you on again. Man, um, I got some stories. It was such a great conversation. Well, you know, I'm that's, sure you got some stories. It, but let me tell you. Let me tell you about these stories. I live for them. I, I look for them. I, I, I believe that these are these are God's greatest gifts to us. That I, I get up every morning in a sense with a sense of gratitude, with a sense of a love for life, just like you do. And I expect to have one of these great stories. Now, some of them are more moving and more and, and more, you know, um, 
they connect with people's brokenness. Uh, and that's, mm -hmm. and that's, and those are very powerful stories. Uh, like the many stories. I mean, you, you shared a story one time about sitting on a park bench, just in isolation and, and ex the experience, mm -hmm. the sensation you have with God. And that, that is, um, I, I have an embarrassment of riches in that way. You know, I have just a sense that I'm just 30 seconds from the presence of God. I don't need a lot of the bells. And, mm -hmm. and, I, and I say that very humbly because I don't have the formula. I, I can't tell you the formula to do that. I just, well, just kind of live in it. it, it it's interesting you said it because we, you know, my wife comes from, uh, you know, when she, when she was found God, found the Lord, really started wanting to go to church and all that jazz. There was a few things where we would see eye to eye. One of the first times, and I kind of try to put it in the script, uh, but I don't want to harp on it too much, but there's just, it's, I'll start with this story. So my oldest brother who died uh, was very tragic. He died in his sleep, left three, three young boys, 16, 14, 11, my nephews. And my youngest one praised, praised life and God and everything, just had a child. I just talked to him yesterday, beautiful little girl. <clears throat> um, but when he died, I'll never forget Hear what anyone says i know what i saw and i know what happened i have nothing to say i'm just i'm just telling you what happened some people say it's a dream some people say it's what you wanted to hear it doesn't matter it was uh the day of his funeral we just came back and we we're at my sister's house and i was really tired and um i passed out on her bed i said i'm just gonna take a quick nap it was during the afternoon so i took a nap and while I was sleeping, he came, Brother Ed came as clear as day, as colorful as the shirt you have on, beautiful colors behind him. I felt, you may describe it as, I, I felt like um, he was maybe at my Nana's house that I vaguely remember as a little boy. She was a blind one. It wasn't always great experience going over there, but I, I just couldn't figure out where he was. It was, it was, it was very green. It was very bright and it was beautiful. And he was just standing there and he started telling me without talking, we just had a full conversation like this. He said, Jim, uh, um, look at, look, look after the boys once in a while, make sure the boys are okay. And I went, no, no, I will. I definitely will. I definitely will. And then he said, um, don't worry about mom. She, she has you. She has you, but I can tell when he talked about the boys, something was going to like nothing tragic. But I'm like, whoa, this is like, I really do need to check in with them. And don't worry about mom. She has you and she has the others. She, she's going to be fine. She's going to be fine. And then he goes, I got to go. And I'm like, whoa, 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 Ed, what about you? What about you? And he said, oh, I'm super. <laughs> and he laughed. He said, super. And I felt that he was with his father, who we never met. It was a World War II thing. My mom's first child 
uh, was born while her husband yes. was in World War II and got yeah, yeah, he got killed. Now, cut to the story I just told you. I wanted to keep the family together. It was years later. This these ones weren't talking to that one. These ones got problems. This one, everyone's got something going on, whether it's addictions or whatever. So I rent these two homes out. And during this trip, one of those boys were on that trip. Two of the boys were, but one was not talking to the oldest of my, so I have the three nephews, the oldest, the middle, the youngest. The oldest in the middle had a major bad blowout. Hmm. And it was very heartbreaking. And, uh, more it was one morning i'll never forget this that morning i went on the beach before anyone got up and it was there was a big fog it was very foggy north carolina out of banks and i could see the sun through the fog and i was out i went to start and i stopped and i prayed and i said god i always do i always go god you know to jesus i go eddie you know what's I'll never forget I went, you know what's going on and I if I I beg that I have the opportunity to say what you would want what you would want them to hear and how to talk to them so I can I know this bothers you I have to I, I'm not sure the right thing to say but if you can just when the moment comes if you can just right. help me through it right I'm not on my kids' lives, on my life. You know, that's what I always do. And then I just start, I turn like a movie. I yeah. turn. And as I'm, I turn, how'd that damn light turn off? Wow, there's some weird energy extra extraterrestrials going on here. Um, as I turn, oh, it unplugged. Bro, that's weird. That's twice now and I'm ready to get into some heavy stuff. Uh, hold on. What an anticlimactic thing just happened. Uh, boom, boom, boom. As I turn, the kid who's full blown party maniac, he's a party maniac. He, he hasn't, he hasn't healed himself. He's walking out of the fog with his wife holding hands and I'm going well see, this kid hasn't seen anything before 11 a.m in, in 10 years what the hell is he doing up no one on a beach and he was walking out of the of the freaking fog and I, I said Ed what are you doing up and he goes hey Uncle Jim yeah you know I just want to go for a walk on the beach and all of a sudden he stops and he goes you know me and Chris aren't talking right and mm -hmm. I just started laughing inside and I went Ed I said if you knew what I just did and I'm a little freaked out that I'm that I'm seeing you right now I'm a little he was wise dad I went ah, I'm not gonna get into the whole thing and then we talked. The words that came out of me, the philosophy that came out of what happened when his dad passed and 
how all three of you were in a certain part of time. And you have to understand your older brother is always going to, he only knows this is part of dad. So he's always going to be the, he's going to wear a tie and he's going to be very educational and he's going to be right to the point. Everything's a fact where you were here and you were in a struggle. And so you're still, everyone's, I go, so don't take it personal. Anyway, long story short, we had this long conversation on the beach. It was so amazing and healing. And then it turns out, I'm going to cry. I think it was a week later, all of them boys mm. were like, we're going to a Mets. We, we decided, let's just, let's just all go to a Mets game, just, the, just brothers. And that was the beginning of them constantly being in touch again. Now, what I'm getting at was I told my wife this. And this was, this was a time where I great offense to it, and we got in a little bit of a tip. So I told him, "Like, D, you're not gonna, you're not gonna believe this, but you know, I'm praying to, uh, you know, God and Eddie." And she was, "You're not supposed to do that." I said, "I'm not supposed to do what? You're not supposed to talk to anyone, but you know, Jesus, God." I went, "D, can you, can you let me? Fin- I don't." It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, whoever needs to hear me heard me and understands where I'm at and where my conscience is. And whoever it was understood it. And whatever it was understood it. She goes, yeah, but she's starting a debate. Like, you're not supposed to talk to your brother because your brother. I'm like, can you look at overall what happened? Yeah. It's coincidence or whatever, rather than going, I wasn't supposed to do this and I wasn't supposed to do that. And that happened maybe one other time. And that's where, that's where I feel people in the, in the structural church world, whatever, uh, they, they, they harp on too much of, there's a rule here and they interpret the rule a certain way. And I feel like that could do more harm to them. Or, or others and it's and, and I feel like it's just something that doesn't need to be debated and that's why that's why it makes me wonder how much power humanity truly has with spiritual God existence because before this establishment came and what better way to infiltrate her humanity by creating all these little forums and we're we're Catholic and we're this and we're that and we're this and we're that and I'm like well, well the le- because it, 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 there was no money involved there was zero money involved would be a lot of debating but be- once money is involved. I have to investigate everything. Like I just went to a, a church my wife wanted me to go to. And as soon as we sat down, the guy gave 15 minutes on Ukraine. And I went, you know, you know, he showed pitch. Like, all right, you know, I'm done. We need to build and we need to send money and we need to uh, a certain amount of acres so we can expand, uh, and that's where that's where I'm lost. I'm like, you know what? 
Well, I, uh, I, why don't I, we worry I, about your backyard? <laughs> well, I, 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 um, I, I will not uh, presume to uh, defend D or, or, or uh, I, I can just share out of my own experience, right? Because I, yeah, yeah. And that's church. what I like. That's what I like. Yeah. 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 I, I, I entered into the church as somebody that immediately wanted out of it. I mean, in 1987, I, I am someone that felt a call into ministry, but I hated people. I didn't want to do, I didn't want to be around people. I didn't care about anybody but myself. I, 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 but I couldn't deny what I was experiencing spiritually because it was way too real, right? I'm a cynic. I, I, I don't believe in anything. I, 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 I don't trust anybody all right so that's my default position i don't trust my parents i don't trust anybody and then i've had these experiences with god as a child that i cannot deny that i cannot deny them so so i'm kind of locked in i'm trapped right i'm sort of trapped yeah and i and i have that sense of being trapped that god has pinned me to a wall and mm -hmm. i don't like it and so but at the same time, there's this there's this invitation to be a part of what God's doing. And the church is a vehicle for me to do that. Now, I've realized that so many of our churches now. So I want to give you a, 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 a scenario. Imagine your coffee shop 50 yeah. years from now. Right. 50, yeah. 50 years. A lot of the originals are gone, but their kids have come. And that coffee shop has a spiritual aura. And a, and, a, and a tradition to it and yet many of the original people there that were there they they're not there to to remind those that are meeting in that coffee shop exactly why they're they're meeting right so the coffee shop right. becomes more of a of a of, of the centerpiece of their purpose rather than the relationships and what's happened mm. in the church is is that churches were being built and and the original people who built the churches built churches for a particular purpose to educate their children. It was, it was, a, they were a lot of different things. They were doctor's right. offices and a lot of things, but over time, those original people have died and the, and the buildings and the property have become focal points of worship. It's the idolatry of that's mm -hmm. transformed the church. The churches, we forgot our purpose. You know, we forgot our purpose. So, right. have you ever heard of a cargo cult? A cargo cult. It's a it's a, a sociological uh, description. Uh, back in the World War II, uh, a, a a bomber crashed on a an island in the Pacific, and there were natives there, and. Um, these natives were watching these these Allied pilots crawl out of a B-17 or whatever it was, and they pulled the radio out and they radioed for help, and a plane flew over and dropped supplies, and then a boat came and picked them up. And these natives had never seen they, they what they were seeing was a big giant bird with people in it, and they were doing a dance, and this dance then initiated food dropping from the sky. Well, wow missionaries you can look this up missionaries showed up other people showed up and there were religions created out of this thing they, 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 right. made, they made thatch huts looking like airplanes 
and they they would dress in May West kind of looking vests and and speak into a box. They were mimicking what they were seeing, thinking that that was the way that they would get food to be dropped from the sky, right? So I'm telling you, a lot That's of, such common sense. It's something you would never think of. Go ahead. That's amazing. I, yeah, yeah. You fascinating. Can, you're right. Very fascinating, right? And so so what happens when when the church, when when good people, good people, they've hydroplane, they they've just lifted up just enough. They're no longer connected to what their original purpose was. They, they're hydroplaning. They seem to be going in the right direction, but they're out of control. And so they're hydroplaning down through culture and they're disconnected from their relationship purposes, right? And so now they're kind of trapped and caught up into this cargo cult of mimicking what a generation did before. And there's no power to it. And it becomes desperate. You become... You become uh, easy prey for, you know, the power hungry and the wealthy and the greedy, all the predators that are out there. Right. It's the relationships and what you've got in, in, in its beauty and its rawness is really what the church is all about in your coffee shop. But mm. what you lack in that coffee shop's me. You need me in that coffee shop because I'm a <laughs> translator. Between between D and you, I'm a translator between you two. I can help translate between the two of you because you're a translator between you and your children. You're a translator between you and D. You're a translator between you and the other coffee shop. But you need a translator because what I would say to D, I, 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 respectfully, because I, I don't know her, right? But but of instead of saying instead of saying, you know, you can't talk to this saint, or you can't talk. I would say, listen, the grace of God is so powerful. It's an undertow. And when you desire health and wholeness and love, that undertow is a part of God's grace, right? And, and so the, the notion that we have to be intellectually aware of God's grace before we can receive it is counterintuitive to everything the Bible teaches. God's grace is present because you don't know about it, there's an undertow of grace that pulls you. Now, do we have more to learn? Absolutely. You know, have sure. I done have I done really stupid, stupid things as a preacher? What time is it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just, I just lifted up a whole. I've got gallons of this stuff. Gallons of this stuff. <laughs> but but, the, but I trust the goodness of God in spite of me, right? And so I may not have all the words right, but my heart can harmonize with God's heart. I can it can, it can be a harmony. May not be the same language, but there's a harmony there, right? And, and that's and I just have to live in that because I'm not capable, man. I'm telling you, I'm just not capable. I, if I if I had to learn all the rules and regulations, I, I that's a, I would spend my entire life trying to learn them. Right. You just got to do it. You just got to get out there and do it. Right. You're gonna fumble it, around. It's so weird because I've had a magnetic pull forever, forever, uh, especially e even. Especially last week, even up until right now, talking to you, 
where I'm in my head so confused of how to just just like is it why don't you just do a service for 15 minutes online why don't you just tell a story about this well and then I get the other voice going no dummy you're already doing it you have did it when you say funny how God works believe it or not you you, you are doing yeah, something and there's that's right. And there's thousands of people watching it. You don't have to do every blah, 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 blah. The people that, right. so, so that's, that's my torment too, because I'm so used to a, a format. Every Friday, we're going to do this, or every Sunday, we're going to do this. Or and I, I'm telling you, it's been driving me crazy for 20 years, because I feel like I can help so many. And then one of my, when I was doing the band thing, the basis joe he studied theology and he's like brewer jesus just he just talked he just he went on a mat he just started talking because what stops you from doing that went, uh I, I don't know like i where's the audience he goes don't come don't worry about any of that just just put it out there once you put it out there it's out there and it'll be found out one day or another and i thought that was but i do live in like right now yeah I'd I'd love to, and maybe I should talk to you about it. Um, I'm trying to create boring with the whole funny how God works, and I just don't know how to structure the whole thing. I have the stories; I want to structure it the right way. In my head, it's the perfection of it's got to look like this, and this has got to be in the background while I tell the story. Blah, 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 and you need to think. And then there's uh, well, where do you do that? Do you go to churches? Do you do it online? Do you do this? Do you do no, that? God, no, and, don't go to churches. Do not go to churches. Do not go to church. You, you listen. You cannot go to those deserted islands and talk those people into giving up their thatch airplanes. You're not going to do it. That's for that's the love such of God. A... <laughs> That's such a great analogy. It really is such a great analogy. <laughs> Dude, that, that's a calling that's unique in and of itself, right? So I'm a specialist. I go into churches that have a lot of conflict. And one of the greatest gifts, and, and I say this with great, great humility and, and sensitivity, that the whole last couple of years has been terrible for many, many people. But for the church... One of the great things for our church has been our church had to do church outside. We had to be, we, we were dumped out of our sanctuaries. These little closed cubicles of, of huddle and cuddle, warm and fuzzy, which I hate all of that anyway. But now, now we had to go out under a tent. We had to go, we had to go find an awning. We had to go find a pavilion someplace. And we had to do church literally outside. And what that did for my church, it set us free. Now, we, we kind of walked away from the cargo cult of altars and stained glass windows and stuff we really don't even understand. But it's supposed to be religious, so we do it. Now, we were outside when it was cold, mm. right? And people people could see us. Yeah. And, and we, we, we kind of, we didn't, you know, we don't have incense anyway, but Nothing was controlled. The environment was not kept, maintained. We're out in the wild. It's, it's like the honeybee problem, right? Honeybees are dying. We can't keep hives alive. And much of that has to do with pesticides, but a lot of it has to do with the fact that we treat bees like cows. We, we, we use them and in mass production to, 
to uh, pollinate the almond trees in California. We lose a lot of hives because bees are supposed to be feral. They, they, they're, they're supposed to pollinate more than just one type of plant. Bees are supposed to live in the wild. They're not, they're, they're not pets. You can't, right. you can't herd them up. Well, guess what? Right. Christians, if we, if we have to be feral, we, we have to be wilderness ready. We, our, our message has to be lived not in a sanctuary, but in the coffee shops. You yes. see what I'm saying? Oh, I know exactly what you're saying. I, I, I love where you come from, and you're really, you're going to make me hit the script again hard tonight. Because I, I rewrote the beginning, uh, and I'm keeping all the, 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 the message and everything all the same. Uh, but that was the original reason. Like, I already have end of the season and it's just like you said it really is but said in a different way the whole end of the ah, i shouldn't tell you the end but um actually no i will tell you because it's going to be in the next it's going to be in the next read through um the opening minute starts which was a true story we were all together there was there was about 12 men at one table and all the wives were at the other table. And we were in this little tiny restaurant and we were running amok. It's in New Jersey. It's bring your own booze. So not only did we have our own bar set up, everyone that walked in, we were like, ah, on my way. I'm yeah. on my way. I'm on my way. <laughs> <laughs> You're invited. So every, every new people walked in, we're like, what's going on? They're like, ah, the new I mean, it was, it was crazy. And then we started the staff, like, come here. Hey, what's your name? And hey, my name is Pedro. There's a little guy named Pedro. And we're like, Pedro, you want a shot? And he'd look around like, don't worry about it. I'll go talk to your boss. And we start, the staff started drinking, the cooks. Everyone's out. It's such a great moment in time. Now I'm looking at this long table. I'll never forget it. And I'm sitting next to a guy named Basil. And Basil has this long bone. He's, he's sucking up. We all make fun of him. Uh, we go, we, we all make fun of him because he just like sucks everything off the fat, everything. And I'm looking at Paul the landscaper, this guy who travels the world. This guy is a fireman. Uh, th this one plays for vanilla fudge. Uh, it was just such a such a diverse group. And I'm sitting there, and I looked at Basil, and I went. Isn't this, this is amazing that we all, I mean, look, we hang out all the time. We never had, no one ever talks that this is amazing. How's this? And the wives, even the wives came on. And he goes, he said the most, to me, it was one of the most profound things. He's got a big boy. He goes, and he looks at me with a thick Jersey accent. He goes, you know why everyone gets along? Because no one thinks who they are. Uh. That's why. And I went, it, everything just froze and I went, God, that's the most simplest statement. So that's how the show starts. And, and, and you're like, whoa, why, why did that start like that? And then it's just gone. We're, we're beginning going into the coffee shop and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, whoa, so some of these characters you're not even going to know don't enter to the third, fourth episode 
or towards the very end. Like, how did we get to that? And then what I want to do is end the episode as being the grand the finale of how this group came together, which still is such a it that's God's choreography. That's God's pollination. The fact that you all are so diverse, there there's a purpose in the relationships, and that is how you affect each other. That that's oh. the beauty of the church, right? I mean, so but but every coffee shop can become its own cargo cult. Yes. You have to yes. be very careful because over time you settle in, right? And you start thinking there's something magic on the on the bones that you're sucking on. Right? There's something magic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Don't, right. Don't, don't suck on the magic bones. Do not suck on the magic bones. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. They're all literally, there was a whole group of them that just left and they, they took uh, their first big group trip. They're all in Italy right now. There's about half them in Italy. They went for two weeks because yeah. Maria is from Italy. So we went over there and like I, I, we were talking about renting a um, a castle in Ireland. There's so much more. It's just it's uh, it's just amazing. So and, and what and one of the things yeah. too, I want to I want to just uh, celebrate what I see in you uh, as a shepherd to a shepherd is that you you what you do what you do, Jim. It's not it's not just the humor. It's not just your vulnerability. But I think I think it's your willingness to let those people go you're not going to try to trap them in. It's not like this is your, your group, right? It's not, it's, it's a group that kind of self-organizes for a time. It's a season. Yeah. You do ministry, you reach out to a broken guy who's in your midst that can easily be ignored. You kind of organize around that and you enjoy each other, but then we kind of, you kind of break apart. You don't, you don't form a cargo cult around those relationships, right? You right. allow them to be free, right. right? So these relationships have to be feral. This is another trap of the church. Another trap of the church is that we try to once once we lure you in, it's like the Hotel California. You know, you can't leave, <laughs> <laughs> and the devil is right outside. I mean, I mean, look. <laughs> right. And, right. And the whole point of the church is that we are vibrant and alive when we are poured out into the community when we have the freedom to build these relationships with people. And, and so we have a lot of cargo cults in the United States. A lot of denominations are cargo cults. So we build altars. We really don't know what they're for. We've, <clears throat> we've got a lot of stuff that if we, just, if we just dance around it enough, you know, an airplane will fly over and drop food with a parachute. That, I'm never gonna forget. that is such a great story and analogy and it just makes all the sense in the world. It's really that simple. It's that simple that people don't understand when they they don't see big pictures. And it, it uh, I'm boggled how many people really they, they they don't understand simplicity and how just simple things are either good or evil. Right? Like, right. No, you don't go. Telling you that's evil. And when you when you when you go to a church and they have that cargo cult mentality and you start telling them that this thatch thing is something that you made, that that let let's not try to reenact that that event to manipulate the gods, but let's 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 grow some food together. You know, let's right. 
let, let's do some things rather than, and when you start trying to take a person's faith from them, that's a dangerous thing, right? I mean, you have to, you have to realize that you are going, no matter how wonderful you are, no matter how educated you are, no matter, no matter who you are, you are going to be the asshole of that event, right? Because you, <laughs> yeah. you are telling them that they are, they cannot, you're saying that that what you've created is a reflection of you and not of God. And, and, uh, uh, look out. You, you are the worst. Jesus was killed for the same reason. John chapter 2, Jesus said, I've come. He, he contrasted himself with the temple of the Jews. He said, I'm the living temple. Mm. And they went, I don't think so. <laughs> right. And Jesus said, watch this. <laughs> <laughs> this son of a bitch has got to go. He's causing problems, Charlie. He's causing a lot of problems. He's screwing up our democracy. <laughs> so let me, let me danger ask to our democracy. <laughs> All right. So listen, my sister, she wants she yeah. wanted me to tell you one of my stories i've got okay. i've got some i've got some stories I, I know you do i i think we have to do a whole series on your stories to be quite honest I, with you. I, so I'm, I'm gonna let you pick one i'm gonna let you pick one all right one there's one story i entitled the chinese demon the other story is mistaken identity and then the other story is a trip that i took with some old people to go to go view the leaves in in Kentucky, in the mountains of Kentucky. And that's my peanut story, my peanut story. So mistaken identity, Chinese demon or peanut. Peanut was a, he's a, he's a Vietnam veteran. Wow. Let the spirit uh, speak to you. <laughs> I think the, the Chinese demon, I don't know if it's the name or whatever, or the demon or whatever. I, it's got my curiosity. Okay, I mean, here we they go. all have my curiosity. So go ahead. Ever, um, this is the exact truth. I'm not, I'm not going to exaggerate oh, it at all. All right, so I'm in northern Kentucky. I'm going to seminary. I'm driving from near Carrollton, Kentucky, which is 40 minutes south of Cincinnati, all the way to Wilmore, Kentucky, which is 30 minutes south of Lexington. I'm doing that four times. I'm doing that every day, four days out of the week. I'm exhausted. I'm passionate church. Henry County, Kentucky is tobacco farming, right? So you have some very wealthy people and everybody else and some Mexicans, mostly illegals. This is in 19, the early 90s. So I'm passing a church uh, and and I'm trying to get to know the people. So I'm learning how to do tobacco farming. I'm out there, you know, just trying to get to know everybody, you know, because you can't meet anybody in church. So I'm out there. Meeting. Wendell Berry, uh, the great environmentalist poet lives in that community. I just about killed him. I about ran him up, ran him down in the middle of the road one day. Wendell <laughs> <Rindle> Berry. <laughs> and so, so, and I've got this love hate relationship with a bunch of old crusty Kentucky fo football and basketball fans that show up at the stinking hardware store every freaking day. And I go over there before I get in my little geo Metro and drive God, God knows how many miles. I go over there and stir them up. I cause untold <laughs> hell. Whatever team they hate is the, my favorite team. And so 
I raise hell with these old men. They want me dead. They're this. So I make bets all the time with them about who's going to win what. I love them. I I just cause them joy. So, and I know they're out to get me, right? So I have this suspicion, you know, something's going on. I get a phone call right after church, deputy sheriff. And he says, hey, he said, preacher, what are you doing? I said, I'm getting ready to go play volleyball. He said, do you have a big cross? I said, what are you talking about? He said, yeah, I need, you need to have a big cross. You need to get a big cross and you need to go down to this guy's house. I said, what, you got a vampire problem? What are you talking about? <laughs> he said, he said, listen, there's a Mexican at Kevin and Bonnie's house and he's demon possessed. He's writhing on the ground like a serpent. He's barking. He's howling. And he said, I, I went down there and he said, I couldn't do anything. So you need to get your big cross down there and do something. And I'm thinking, are you out of your mind? I'm not, this is the biggest joke. This, I, this is going to go on video. <laughs> right. This is a scam. Right. I, shut up. Yeah. His name was Officer Sanders. Right. I said, Sanders, shut up. I'm not going down there. And then I thought, well, wait a minute. He, he's never really called me. I don't think he's a part of the, the, the conspiracy, right? So I got to go now. I got to go now and see what's going on. So I drive down. Kevin and Bonnie, wonderful people, uh, not well-educated. You know, Ke Bonnie thought she knew Spanish when she added the, the letter O at the end of words. You know, she'd say, could you go to the store and oh, buy some Milko? <laughs> she thought she was speaking Spanish. <laughs> so, so, but they're wonderful people do anything in the world for you and they would house mexicans you know in their home and work the tobacco fields you know and so i said well i got to go down there now so i pull up and I, i'm kind of looking around and i don't know what's going on and and i'm i'm, I'm looking for a, a crowd of people right i don't see anybody and, and I'm, I'm looking out around the houses around and I see curtains doing this kind of thing. People are watching me and I'm thinking, I don't know. I just doesn't feel good, you know, because Kevin knows me. He should have, he could have come and got me, but I, but right. I'm here, I'm here. And, and I'm just, I prayed like you. I said, I said, God, what in the is going on? You know, that, that was my prayer. What is going on with this? <laughs> you got with them. Yeah. <laughs> what is happening? Yeah. And so, and it's, and I'm praying and all of a sudden a big black Cadillac pulls up out of nowhere. And these four big, what I found out later, Baptist preachers get out. I mean, it looked like a funeral Cadillac. It was a huge Cadillac. They pull up, get out, walk up the steps and go right into the house. And I thought, huh, well, if that Mexican's going to kill some people, he'll kill the Baptist first. I'll fall in behind them. You know, and see what's going on. <laughs> right. So I followed. I just kind of got in line. I got in the parade. I go in there. Kevin is chain smoking in the kitchen. Just chain smoking. He's white as a ghost. So I knew something weird was happening. There was another guy. I found out he was a bilingual student from another seminary in Louisville. And he, he looked like he'd been beat up. He was He had his head on the table. I'm thinking, that's weird. And the four preachers kind of filtered to the house. And all of a sudden, I see a little Mexican. I bet he's not five foot tall. And he's kind of growling and barking and hissing and, and making kind of weird. And I'm standing behind the couch, right? And I'm thinking, what, what is all this? What, what, is this real? Is this for real? Right. And, 
And so he, I, this is his way to get out of work. Like what, what's going on here? He's, yeah. yeah. I, this is, this is way too complex for hoax just for stupid old me. Right. So I'm thinking this is something that at least the people that are here think it's real. So, so I go, Kevin, I said, what is going on? He said, man, he said, this Mexican, he lost his mind and he tried to bite me and he's, he barks and hissing around. And I said, I said, he's five foot tall. He doesn't weigh hundred pounds. You're 250 pounds. He said, yeah, but he's got, he's possessed. He said, I, he said, I said, what does that mean? I said, what did you do? He said, I pushed him in the bathroom and locked him up. And I called this guy and they tried to talk to him. And I said, well, did you talk to him? He said, no, he's not said a word in English or Spanish or anything. The whole time I've been here, they were there for like 48 hours. I'm like, what in the crap? So, so these Baptist preachers are kind of moving around, moving around and they're talking to each other. And about, about 30 minutes into it, maybe a little bit longer, the, the older Baptist preacher, he stands up and he goes, I'm tired of the devil making a mockery of God's people. And these big guys, I mean, they look like an offensive line. You know, these big Baptist preachers, they grab this little Mexican, pin him to the ground, and they, the, the, the oldest Baptist preacher, the one that's kind of leading the thing, he said, he, said, he, started, he started praying, and he, he said, all right, devil, tell me what your name is. And that Mexican pinned to the ground said, F you. And I said, well, that must be a Chinese demon. <laughs> <laughs> and they turned and looked at me like you're next we're getting ready to cast the devil out of you next and i said that out loud before i could before I, I, I caught myself you know and i said oh my god so they got this guy pinned down and nothing happened right i mean this guy this guy didn't say anything else in spanish just that was the only thing he identified he's a chinese demon so this went on for another 30 minutes or so. And I said, Kevin, we're all going to go to jail. You know, you do know this, right? I mean, we got to do something. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to end up terrible. And we got to do something. I said, Not so good. we, I said, get your truck. I said, uh, which of your trucks got gas? He said, okay. He said, the Toyota. I said, good, good, good. I said, listen, I'm going to distract these guys. And then we're going to sneak him out and we're going to go to the hospital. And so I called my wife and I said, honey, bring my guitar down here. And, uh, and they brought, she brought my guitar. And I said, listen, guys, we need to praise the Lord. We need to start singing and singing hymns. And we just need to really connect. We're, right now, the energy is kind of negative. Nothing's happening. So let's just let's create an atmosphere of worship. So they started singing. And we snuck him out the back door and took him to Our Lady of Peace. And come to find out. Now, this is where the story gets a little weird. <laughs> this is weird. Wait a minute, wait a minute. This is the weird part. I yeah, never even saw part. the movie where, like, hey, we got a possession demon. Quick, get my guitar. <laughs> get me, get me a, an accordion, a guitar, and some synthesizers immediately. I don't need a drummer yet. Let's do this. Wow. Uh, yeah, okay. can, bring, bring, bring all the cockatoos. Bring all the cockatoos. Yet. <laughs> right. And so. Uh, so she brought him down and I hand the guitar and those guys started singing. And I said, we got to get this guy out of here. And we take him down there. They admitted and, and within 72 hours, they'd released him. What had happened was, is another Mexican had put a curse on him. You know, I don't know, cut a chicken's head off, threw it in the back of his truck or whatever. 
and told him that he was under a curse. So this guy, every time he went to sleep, he said, he told me and, and Kevin, he said, every time I go to sleep, I dreamed that my mother and my father and my brothers and sisters were stabbing me with knives. And he said, he said, I'd wake up just terrified, screaming. And basically he had, he had a lack of REM sleep. He had a lack of sleep psychosis. And that turned into other things, right? And so, and when you only have a cargo cult mentality, everything looks like. Wow. Now I'm not listen. I believe in the demonic, and I've got other stories. And and the demonic wasn't in his manifestation; it was in the fear and the shame that he was put under right. under the curse. That was right. Someone just mentally got in his head. Once it's in there, it's it that happens in everyday life. Everyday life it happens it's every day at the news. Every news, yes, is somebody cutting a chicken's head off and throwing it in the front in your front living room, dude. Jay, you couldn't have said that any better. You're absolutely right. Every day is just and then they throw it and they go, No. Here's what you're going to be thinking. And, and sure enough, they're off to the races. Like the air, airplane has landed. We got to wait for the peanuts to come out of the sky. Wow. <laughs> we got to dance a little harder. Dance a little harder. We got to gotta... <laughs> take guns away. We got we to get our picket signs about pro-life or pro-choice. We got to we gotta oh, take my God. guns away. We got to, oh my God. We gotta, oh my God. This is, dude, I... This you nailed it. You nailed it on such a so simple. And isn't it amazing how people will see these possessed or whatever, however you want to define it. But wow, that's that's a great freaking story. That's a great story. You pick the worst. You pick the worst one of the three. <laughs> well, we're gonna have to <laughs> listen. We're gonna have we're we're gonna have another one have another one because i i love talking to you i love talking to you so i want to hear what the next two are um and we're if you're okay with it we'll sure. set up yeah no because i i really enjoy talking with you and this is god you and just totally you got sober. me in a whole different way <laughs> I i'm totally so i'm drinking it <laughs> Hey, let me tell you, let me tell you what my brother-in-law did. What real, real quick. My brother-in-law, I went to I went to his refrigerator one time. I was looking for some popsicles or something. He had one of these filled with berries, like blackberries. And I said, I said, what is that? I said, he said, Oh, that's my blackberry. He said, I'm pre- preserving blackberries. And I, I didn't think that he was preserving it in moonshine, right? I said, so can I have a few of those blackberries? He said, Yeah. Well, those blackberries are 110 proof. I mean, a little blackberry is equivalent to a shot. I mean, so I'm like three blackberries in and I'm ready to preach. You know, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready to go. <laughs> Jay, where do you, aren't you in Virginia or like somewhere on there? Yeah, I'm on the border between Virginia and West Virginia. Yeah. Seriously going to try to pick somewhere I come your way. Hang. I, I, I got... I got one or two people that might really be cool and doing that. Even if it's just me, 
I would. I think I'd really, really want to do that. And I'll talk with Evan, and we'll sure. and we'll get a date and all that. That would be. I think that would be a lot of fun. I, I could definitely hang for a while. That would be <laughs> just amazing. I told I, you, I, if we ever get together, we're going to get in some Jesus trouble. You know, the kind of trouble that Jesus got into. We're going to get in that. <laughs> I like it. I really, really. Uh, Blessed that I got to talk to you today because you 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 inspired and you brought some whole new light, completely new light, and new vision of of looking at certain things. That I, I really this is the second time I talked to you and God I feel great both times both times and I can't wait to do this again. I really I cannot thank you enough and obviously it's meant to be. Sure. Yeah. Now, we my, my wife said, she goes, please do not tell him you're going to take your shirt off. Please do not tell him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get sexy here in a minute. <laughs> How long are you married? Huh? Married? Yeah, yeah. My wife, we've been married uh, since 1980, uh, 1989. Oh, wow. You got a couple years in D&I. Wow. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, the last time we ended, remember, my, I told you, I said, uh, my wife, she lost the bet. I won the bet. So I was going to go upstairs, take my shirt off, you know, get sexy. And somebody's getting pregnant, right? Remember that? Somebody's going to get pregnant. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and Kelly goes, oh, my God, I'm the pastor's wife. What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> uh, Jay, uh, be safe, brother. God bless. I cannot thank you enough. What a... This has been nothing but a joy for me. Oh, man. It Anytime. really has. Come I on look down, forward Reverend Jim. Come on down, Reverend I'm getting Jim. the address. I'm getting the okay. address. As a matter of fact, look, I think I'm, I think I'm playing. Why are you from Virginia Beach? How far from Virginia Beach are you? Quite a ways. Like four or five hours? Yeah. Maybe I'll make a... What I'm doing if I got nothing around it or to try to figure something out. So I look forward to meeting you in person. You get to meet my children, my family, all of it. Cool. All right, Jay, be good. Enjoy the rest of your day. And thank you. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. That's a great time. Later, brother. Bye. I fit, I was in Long Island last weekend uh, with Joe Sib and Monty. Is my Mo- is Monty here too? Oh, good. How are you? Uh, uh, different thing going on. You look very relaxed out there in California. Oh, yeah. This is my relaxing time. <laughs> this is what I do when I'm not stuck in, in traffic in Hertz parking lots with you. I relax. <laughs> <laughs> this is what cracks me up. I don't know if it's the stretch. Monty's a big guy. Monty's, how are we? How dare you? I've been trying to watch my weight and you go and throw that out there in the first minute. <laughs> wait, wait, are you, what are you like? You're 6'2 or something? 6'1? I think I'm, I'm somewhere between 6'1 and 6'2. I think it fluctuates. <laughs> okay. Depending on the sneakers. So my Monty's a big guy and he's on it, right? And he's in shape and, um, thing about you, Monty, is never mad. He 
accent throws me off because it's such a kind accent. So, <laughs> so I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like sometimes I don't know if you're serious or not. Um, so we're, we're in the line. And, uh, I, I, I think Monty has seen me times now lose my shit in a car i think you see me lose my shit at least two or three times which yeah this was different though this was better you i, I said it to sid as soon as you got out of the car i've gone i've never seen jim get so new york so quickly <laughs> <laughs> it was the best you the way you walked over to the car it was different and i'm like oh he's gonna he's going back to his teenage roots where he used to <laughs> fight people at the ball game. I don't know what to do. <laughs> and I'm not proud of this side of me. I'm really not proud of this side of me. It just tells me this still exists. Like I can I can be in Florida and get cut off and go off the road and I'm like, hey man, everyone has a tough day. You know, you weren't paying attention. It's all good. The minute Right, you having a it, the, the psychedelics just kicking? Uh, having an episode. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so the minute I get there, it's this angst. But in due defense, we had, wasn't. You'd agree there was a nice system going on there. We were far behind, and then each car would come in, and then all of a sudden, this van comes beating up one of the aisles, cuts in front of everyone, and goes, tries to get right in front of the line. It was and the selfishness that triggered all of us off because everyone was being uh, cordial in that zipper effect we were all doing. It was like a zipper. So one, one, one. Everyone was going, okay, this is what we're doing. We're all stuck. Everyone's been there for 40 minutes. And then this one van comes up and thinks, no, I'm going to push to the front of the line. You know when someone on an aeroplane tries to push their way out and you just want to smash them in the face? That's what the feeling was. It's, come on, we know the rules. Play by them. Right. And this is these people in the van, and I don't care who you are. You thought this out. You thought, you know what, I ain't dealing with this. I'm going to front. A lot of people will beat their horn. They, they might give me the finger. But in today's society, this is back to what I was talking about before. Everyone has become meek. Everyone has become, yeah, just let it happen. You know, that's the way it is. You get assholes. No. You gotta make a stand. I came to the front and I, I contemplated for like 20 seconds. I went, now. I don't know what happened. I get out of the car, Yosemite Sam, dun, 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 and I lost my shit. I went, I don't even remember what I said. You know, we've been waiting here for 40 minutes, and you don't get to cut, and I'm I'm F-bombing. You know, fuck it, fuck it. You're going to back your fucking car. You ain't. And they said something like, I'm in a hurry. And I went, doctor's in a hurry. I'm in a We're all in a hurry. But you don't get Who do you think you are that you get to? And then there was a woman in the back. Now, 
here's the little thing. They're all Hasidic Jews. <laughs> now, the reason I bring that up is not because it's a slanter against Hasidic Jews. It's once I realized they were Hasidic Jews, made a conscious decision like do i continue i'm like you know what i don't care if they're jewish if they're black if they're they're, they're i don't care what they are i don't care if they're born again christians this is this, this, this has nothing against hasidic jews and, and their lifestyle and their beliefs it has everything to do with these people in this car no matter what they were were ass holes and so many people get away with being assholes by the cover of, uh, no, no, either an asshole, no matter what your outfit, no matter what your belief, whatever, well, you're not an asshole. So this individual or individuals were assholes. So I, and I said, you're being an asshole. And there was a woman in the back and she was like, excuse me. I went, excuse me. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to him, the driver. So, well, sure enough, they sped and they did a quick 360 turn. It was like, and the coolest thing was immediately the car down one of the aisles rolled down his window and he went, thank you. Thank you very much. And a couple other cars did. And I'm like, I think society is waiting for that. It, 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 we should be done with the assholes. Someone's got to start stepping up. I don't know why my hurts is getting, thing is turned into a world event now. But uh, the funniest, though, is you went into Hertz to go get help. Well, because they only had one booth going. There's four booths that could have been letting people out. And they had one guy working who looked like he... <clears throat> was, you know, cleaning the toilets 20 minutes earlier and they said, oh, Kenneth, go out and man the booth. He didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> and um, yeah, you could see him, like, shaking with the, as people were handing their thing. He's going, oh. <laughs> he was taking, what do you reckon, five, six minutes per car. I think we were counting, something like that, right? At least because yeah. we were timing it. I'm like, all right, we're going to be here like an hour, 15 minutes. It is what it is. So it is I was... I said, all right, I'm going to go in and just get them to bring someone else out. So I I walked in. I had a little bit of um, Yosemite Sam about me, but not as much as you did. But I did <laughs> I did kind of go, I'm going to tell them what I think. <laughs> I'm going to tell these people how I feel. Um, and I walked in. It was funny. When I walked in, it looked like... Um, I don't know. It looked like they just they were a bunch of school kids that had just been uh, yelled at by the principal because it seemed like the workers weren't uh, the real workers in there. Like they were just the temp workers or something. And I'm like, oh, these people already look terrified. They're obviously having a bad time. And um, I said, you got to get someone else out the man the booth. They've gone. We just rang the manager. He thought he's way to do it. Like they were terrified. And then yeah. I looked around where the van was of the people that you just got all. New York on and um the van I'm not kidding the van was had one wheel up on the on the curb of the of the in front of the Hertz rent car all of the doors were open like the van's uh back doors were full open the front doors were open and just left open and I looked and um the the guy driving the car 
was pushing uh, his elderly father in a wheelchair and the woman who was in the back had all the luggage and they were sprinting towards the terminal. And I, I, I don't know what they were doing, but it looked like they uh, had just come in from, I don't know, overseas perhaps. And, and the first instance they had in America was Jim Brewer getting New York on him in the parking lot. <laughs> And they're like, oh, let's just go back. We don't need this. <laughs> just went and flew on. <laughs> but I thought about it later and I suspect that they just said, oh, we, we'll go and get a taxi. We don't need this. But <laughs> I swear that it looked like a the, it looked like a bank robbery after you leave the getaway car. Like it was just it was just left. <laughs> It was, uh, yeah, and again, I'm not proud of it. Uh, and then we went to, then we went to a batting cage like, the next day. <laughs> and as we were leaving, one of my friends was going the other way, and then the car behind him started beeping at him. And again, I just, I was like, shut the fuck, shut up, fuck, you this and that, shut the fuck. I'm like, oh my God, what is, I gotta get out of here. Why, I, I thought it I must just be ingrained in you to when you get back in and you smell those old smells and stuff and your brain just goes, oh, that's right. You snap because that guy in the car went, um, outside the batting cages did the same thing. He pulled up and just immediately just went <laughs> and you went. <laughs> and I was just there going, yeah, I think we didn't bark at uh, each other. Two wild dogs. <laughs> 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 we were crowd. Oh, it was great. Um, I think it's great. It reminds me of kind of the mentality in Australia because people don't let people get away with things. They'll go, oh, you know, call people out, yell at them, swear at them, stuff like that. But uh, they're also the same people that will immediately in a bar or something go, hey, you want a drink to a random stranger? It's a very, it's on one hand and it's, hey, we're all friends here. So it's, it's just an interesting. It is a it's a great it's a great dynamic, and I feel like we've lost a lot of that. And uh, maybe we can bring it back somehow. We don't need the violent part. Maybe we just stay loud and barking. But it's it just is what it is. Overall, though, um, you felt good about those sets. We had a good time. We had a good time in in Long that, Island. Those were that that might have been the best uh, weekend of comedy I think I've ever had. Like so much fun and laughs, and yeah. you know, we just. Uh, that room we is incredible. Know. The Paramount. You kidding me? Come on. I started talking like yeah. you guys. It was fun. Um, <laughs> the sets were great and uh, and the food was incredible. And the that Kevin at the Paramount was awesome. All the staff were great. It was just a really that's what uh that's the fun weekends of comedy. The other ones where you're stuck in, I don't know, Dayton, Ohio in a shitty comedy. Uh, condo and you buy yourself and stuff you're like all right I, I do this but sometimes you get to do the real fun ones when there's a group of comedians and we all gel together and we play bocce and you know just fun stuff <laughs> i forgot about that <laughs> well i had a great weekend with you and i hope uh, i'll have the footage done soon i filmed everyone uh from what i understand it came out really good and um, I just, and I just, I'm glad you're around and uh, we'll catch up. We'll catch up sooner or later. I hope the movie's doing all right. I know for people that don't know, Monty wrote a movie. Um, I could talk about it or no? Sure. 
Yeah, we're filming next year. We're actually going to film some parts later this year. So uh, it's, you know, it's been in the works for a while, as movies do. It stems from one of my stand-up jokes. And um, I wrote it with Rob Schneider and John Cleese. And uh, we're filming next year in Australia. we got Jim Jeffries in it, Reese Darby. And uh, it's going to be exciting. It's, I'm starring in this thing. It's the first uh, <laughs> first thing I've done. And I'm starring in this, like, $15 million movie. <laughs> So, well, that's awesome. That's a huge budget too. That's a big budget for a film, especially if it's your first one. Uh, yeah, your well, first one. That's huge. Because I wrote it, and um, and I'm you know the creator and stuff like that. We can get a lot of the funding from the government in Australia because they incentivize to bring uh, productions to uh, our country, obviously. So, um, and oh. it's because it's in a regional part of Australia. You get this incentive from the the federal and then the state and then yeah. the region that you're in so there's all these little uh helpful ways to make that budget that sound it's 15 million australian too so that's just 75 us dollars which is achievable and um <laughs> so <laughs> so it's uh yeah but it's um you know it's pretty exciting and it's going to be a lot of fun Good. Well, I hope it turns out, man. We'll keep in touch. Thanks for hopping on board. Always. Monty, Thanks, man. everyone. Monty Franklin, everyone. Make sure you follow him on all his socials and all that. Monty Franklin. Yeah, get on there. Come on. Come on. All right. Have a good one, Monty. Bye-bye. I got this uh, video from Sib. I guess his take on what happened. Joe likes to talk. How long is this? Uh, I don't believe it's that long. I think it's like two minutes. Joe says. Right. Joe says. There we go. Joe's entertaining. <laughs> okay, so um, this is what happened. <laughs> we all flew into Newark Airport. Monty, Brewer, and myself. I'm coming from California. Monty's coming from LA, uh, and Jim's coming up from Florida. What the problem was, though, you got to remember this: everyone's flight day that day was a nightmare. My flight got canceled. I had to book a new flight. Monty got stuck on a flight. Brewer came up from uh, Florida and I think got another flight mixed up. But the bottom line was when we all landed at Newark, something was going on where no one could get to their gate. So we sat on our plane. I sat on my plane for two and a half hours. Monty sat on his for like almost three hours. Brewer was on his plane for two hours. We were texting each other. So the time, by the time we get to Hertz to get the car, because yep. Brewer always rents at Hertz, um, he was already like, we were hungry, we were bummed. So we get in the car, we kind of like, all right, let's get out of here. But I don't know what was going on with Hertz. There's like 30 cars trying to leave and we're in a standstill. One guy, one guy checking everyone out. And at this point, Brewer's cool. You know, we're joking around, typical starting the trip. But then this van cuts in front of everybody <laughs> and tries to tries just to blow the line. And Brewer wasn't having it, man. And I, I, you know, seen him get bummed, but I've never seen him like he got bummed, and he went over and just gave a talking to. And I don't know what he said, but I was kind of watching from the back, and Monty got out to like find out why there was only one guy working there. So now I'm just sitting in the van by myself or in our car by ourselves, and all I remember is the van that Jim talked to about cutting in front of line. They just backed up and started going against traffic, and they were like, "We're out of here." So, I don't know. He wasn't feeling it. All right. That's my version of the story, man. Exactly what that went down. Oh, my God. Um, anyway, <clears throat> we got some cool guests on the way. I've reached out to some people. 
uh, I can't thank you enough. Like this, this universe is growing and growing and growing. And um, the love and the support and the comments and it's uh, been overwhelming, very kind. And I'm not a perfect human being. None of us are. Uh, I know in the in the beginning of this podcast, I came out swinging, <clears throat> but I'm really tired of the carnival. It's a carnival, and I pray to God everyone sees the carnival, and I pray to God everyone finds their morals and their faith, and they start concentrating on what's in front of them. You know, the, the, the problems of the world that are trying to <laughs> pro-life, pro-choice, pro-life, pro-choice, Republican, Democrat, left-wing, right-wing, liberal, conservative, more guns, less guns, take them away, gun control. That's all to make you go. Ah. If you think of every day, and I love the term of it's a threat to our democracy. And I told you weeks before, every time they say democracy, replace it with the word our power. This is a threat to our power. Then it all makes a lot of sense. Um, so concentrate on what we can. The beauty within and how can you pollinate? How can you help everything around you? Because the more the world tries to infiltrate your head and the politics, the professional wrestling, the tell a vision from all the programs, nightly programs are owned by like four people, all of it. You think you have choices? You don't. They're all the same little typewriters. Get out of the matrix. Enjoy life. Get in nature. Take care of your body. Take care of your mind. Think for yourself. And if a, if a situation comes up, especially if it's political, I want you to turn it all off and try to really think. Because most likely, the answers that come from your heart, your mind, are not even close to what these blabbers are trying to. It's madness. Turn off the madness. I love you guys, all of you. You're incredible people. And I hope to see you on the road. Go to jimbrewer.com for dates. I'd like to thank uh, once again, um, you know, I've seen people, uh, Steve Byrne had really kind things to say about me. Joe Rogan had really kind things to say about me. Uh, Doug Stanhope, uh, just thank you. Thank you for spreading the kindness. I, 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 I love all those guys. I really do. Um, I think through kindness and giving and loving and understanding and good conversation, thank God for podcasts because you need conversation, not the, not, not political uh, sound bites, just conversation. This is a great thing by Muhammad Ali. Play the Muhammad uh, Ali clip I sent you. At the end of your life, whether it was Allah who was saying it, Elijah Muhammad, or whether it was something that someone wrote about yeah. you after you'd gone, What's the thing you would most like people to say about your life? He was a great champion, or what? What would you like people to think about you when you've gone? I'd like for them to say he took a few cups of love. He took one tablespoon of patience, one tablespoon teaspoon of generosity, one pint of kindness. He took one quart of laughter, 
one pinch of concern, and then he mixed willingness with happiness. He added lots of faith, and he stirred it up well. Then he spread it over a span of a lifetime, and he served it to each and every deserving person he met. Be safe, be well. We'll see you out there. Jim. Go on, Mike. What? Jim, one more thing. For winner. the contest winner, yes. Uh, we were unable to get a hold of the original one, so we moved to the next one. And that is Bozeman67 with a guess of 5,500. Also, um, for those who possibly want to get their voice out on the Bruniverse, you can go over to Jim's web page and right on the homepage, you go right down here to leave Jim a message and you can hit reply and say a little something, you know. If you want to leave a message, leave a message like, hey, man, I love that you talked about this. Hey, I love you, Jim, but I don't like when you talk about this. Hey, Jim, hey, I would love to get a guest of the. Hey, you should look into this. If you have suggestions, uh, something you like, whatever it is, hey, I'm coming to see you, blah, blah, blah. Leave those. I love those. And try to keep them 30 seconds to one minute tops. And we'll play them here on the Bruniverse. I promise you. I'd love to hear the voices that are listening. So if you can do that, I'd love it. Um, otherwise, enjoy safe journeys. Go to jimbrew.com, leave a voice message. And Mike, thank you for all you do. And Annie, for all you do. And we'll catch you next week on the Bruniverse. Have a good one. This is Jim Brewer, and I got my own Patreon page, and hopefully you'll check it out. Live comedy concert streamed once a month. Weekly, you host your own podcast, and you interview me. Early access to the Bruniverse podcast every single week, and I have bonus footage and bonus segments, and you get to access my last comedy special, Somebody Had to Say It. There's a lot there. I promise you I'm not going to let you down. Go check out my official Jim Brewer Patreon page, and I'll see you there.